Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of John. Book of John. <clears throat> Last week we finished our walk, or our series, through the Roman roads. Now I hope all of you feel more comfortable explaining to others what these scriptures say is to each person and what each person must do to have a real relationship with, with Jesus and very comfortable through those scriptures explaining why they need a relationship with Jesus. We learned last week that it's so easy to become a child of God. Religions make it so hard. You've got to do this, 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 and this, and you've got to light this candle, and you've got to say this, and you've got to say Hail Mary or something. No, Jesus made it easy. We make it hard. We make it hard. Man has always made it <clears throat> hard. All we have to do is, is by accepting Jesus, is confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believing in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Now, I, I hope that you know now how easy God made his plan of salvation. That, that no man will, should ever be left behind. And that when we stand before him, we are totally without excuse for accepting Jesus as our Savior. He made it so easy. This morning, I want to tell you what happened when you did accept Jesus as your personal Savior. Do y'all remember? Do you remember where you were? Do you remember the day? Something happened. And it wasn't hocus pocus or magic. I mean, it was it, something amazing happened. And I don't think a lot of times we get it. <clears throat> exactly what happened. So this morning, turning your Bibles to the book of John. John chapter... 11. Now, I've, I've preached through this scripture before, but not like I'm going to preach through it this morning. John chapter 11, verse 1. It says, Now a man was sick, Lazarus, from Bethany, the village of Mary and, it, and her sister Martha. Mary was one who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair and it was her brother Lazarus who was sick. Now, Mary hadn't done that yet in this scripture. We're going to see that in, in the next chapter, I believe. So the sisters sent a message to him. Lord, the one you love <clears throat> is sick. When Jesus heard it, he said, This sickness will not end in death, but is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. That doesn't sound like somebody who loves them, does it? It doesn't. I mean, it almost contradicts itself, doesn't it? it, it sound, I mean, when you love somebody, you know they're sick, what do you do? <clears throat> You go, but we have to remember, this was for an un a very unusual event that Jesus might be glorified. So it says, <clears throat> uh, says when Jesus heard this, the he said, the sickness is not unto death, but this is for the glory of God. Now, it says in verse 8, Rabbi, the disciples told him, just now the Jews tried to stone you, and, and we're going there again? Aren't there 12 hours in a day, Jesus answered? If anyone walks during the day, he doesn't stumble because he sees the light of the world. 
If anyone walks during the night, he does stumble because the light is not in him. He said this, and then he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm on my way to wake him up. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll get well. Jesus, however, was speaking about his death, but they thought he was speaking about a natural sleep. So Jesus then told them plainly, Lazarus has died. I'm glad that you and I, well, you, you, that, that I wasn't there so that you may believe, but let's go to him. <clears throat> then Thomas, called twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go that we might die with him. He sounds like a true Christian, doesn't he? Come on, let's go. We're going to die too. Then Jesus arrived. He found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now, every time I preach through this, I tell y'all, underline four days. Because the four days is very significant. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. As soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary remained seated in the house. <clears throat> then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Yet now, yet even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Verse 23 says, your brother will rise again. Martha said, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Ever. Do you believe this? Martha said, yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who, who has come into the world. Having said this, she went back and called her sister Mary, saying, saying in private, the, he, the teacher is here calling for you. As soon as she heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met, met him. The Jews were with her in the house and counseling her, saw Mary come up, come up quickly and, and went out. So they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to cry there. When Mary came to where Jesus saw, uh, was and saw him, she fell at his feet and told him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, that's the second time that Jesus has told, been told that he's dead. Now, y'all know Jesus knew he was dead, right? He knew. But this is the second time that he has been proclaimed that, that their brother is dead. Verse 33, when Jesus saw her crying and the Jews who had come with her crying, he was angry in the spirit and deeply moved. Where have you put him? He asked. Lord, they told him, come and see. Verse 35 says, Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him? But, but some of them said, 
Couldn't he have opened, he who opened the blind, uh, a blind man's eyes also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, angry in himself again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Remove the stone, Jesus said. Martha, the dead man's sister, said, uh, told him, Lord, he, he already stinks. He's been... It's been four days. Now, this is the second time, second time that four days has come up. And this is the third time that they've told Jesus, listen, he's, he, he's dead. He's dead. Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you that if, if, listen, if, if only the, the two, listen, this is the biggest two-letter word in the Bible. If, if you believed you would see the glory of God. So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I know that you, you always hear me. But because of the crowd standing here, I said this, so that they may believe you sent me. After he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out bound hand and foot with linen strips and with his face wrapped in cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Let's pray. Father, we come to you again asking forgiveness of our sins. Lord, asking you to just settle us right now. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be attentive to your spirit and to your word. Lord, there's a tremendous message here, not because you gave it to me. It's just a tremendous message here that we need to see this morning. So Lord, I pray that you'd help us all to see exactly who we are in this scripture. In Jesus' name I do pray. And all God's children said, <clears throat> amen. Now church, I, I know that there's someone right now who is either sitting in this sanctuary or watching us on live stream who's thinking, man, this is a strange Thanksgiving message. I, you know, right? I mean, this, this is kind of odd. I mean, this is Thanksgiving week, right? Well, let, let me just tell you. Let me just tell you something. There is a person in this true life event that we just read that, that I can totally relate to. And as I relate to this person, I'm thankful. I am tremendously thankful. And being thankful is what Thanksgiving is all about, right? We're a bunch of ungrateful people 364 days out of the year. But on Thanksgiving, we're thankful, right? Well, we ought to be thankful every day. Now, I have some of you wondering, who, who in the world could it be? As I look through this event, as I look through the characters in this event, who is it that I can relate to that causes me to be so thankful? Who could it be? Who in the world could it be? Church, could it be that I relate with the two sisters, Mary and Martha? Uh, now, if we look at what happened here, these ladies did everything right. They did. I mean, usually we as Christians... We try to fix everything, don't we? When we face circumstances in life, we try and fix it. 
And if we can't fix it, we try, you know, listen, could you have any suggestions on how I can, I can fix this? And, and we might call our moms or our dads if they're still alive and say, listen, did you ever face this, you know, going through this stage in your life? Did, did this ever happen to you? What did you do? These ladies didn't do that. The very first thing they did was they sent out to Jesus. They reached out to Jesus. When their brother was sick, they sent word to Jesus asking him to come and help. They were in hopes that Jesus could and would just touch their brother and make him well, as they had seen him do other times. Surely, they initially thought, Jesus had done this for strangers. I know that he'll come for the one that he loves. Hey, hey these ladies called on Jesus first. First! Now listen, church, I, I, I applaud them. I applaud them for this. And I can even relate to them, Tony, to a certain degree. I mean, there, there have been times in my, my life since I've been a Christian where something's happened and I've just, you know, called on Jesus first. And I, I just laid at the feet of Jesus and I, I went on. But that doesn't happen a lot. I can applaud these ladies. I really can. They did the right thing. And I can relate to them both together, cooperatively, and individually. Did y'all notice in the, the message that when Jesus came that Martha heard word that Jesus was coming and Martha ran to greet and meet him. And she told him, Jesus, she told Jesus what Jesus already knew. Had you been here, my brother would not have died. She loved him still. I can relate to that. But I can also relate to Mary. You all know, Mary heard, she heard that Jesus was coming too. Martha ran out the door. Mary sat there in the house. Why did she sit there in the house? Miss Barbara, why did she sit there in the house? She was angry. She was mad. She was like, you know, why is he coming now? Why is he coming now? He, he, could have come, he knew he, he could have come, but, but he, he waited until now. He wasn't that far away. We know where he was. We sent a messenger to him. He had plenty of time to get here, but he waited. She, she was angry. There, there are times where I believe every Christian has, has been angry at God. It's not, it's not justified. When things happen in our lives that we don't understand, we step back and we become angry because how can a God who says he really loves us allow things to happen the way they happen? Well, I need to remind you right here before we go any further, the reason all these things happened were for, to glorify Jesus. So when things happen in your life, when you get angry, you need to step a little further back and say, okay, God, I don't know why this has happened. It could be that it's for your glory. Amen? I, that, that's worth the message. That's worth you coming this morning right there. Amen? It's not a matter of if we're going to face things in life, if we're going to face challenges in life. It's when we are going to face things in life and when we're going to face challenges in life. All of, I don't care how much you have or how much you don't have, how much your daddy has. Listen, you are going to face problems in life. My dad, my uncle was one of the richest men in Charlotte, North Carolina years ago, and he told me I'll never forget it. He said, listen, the only difference between rich people and poor people is rich people pay more bills. There's no difference. We're all going to face problems in our lives. I can relate to these ladies, but they're not the ones. They're not the ones. 
Could it be that I relate with the apostles of Christ at this time? Boy, this is an exciting time. Church, they, they were walking with Jesus near the end of his ministry. Jesus was pouring his heart and soul into these men, knowing, knowing that they would carry the full mantle of the gospel message to the then known world. To be with Jesus at this time, to have seen everything that he had done, every word that he had publicly spoken, to see the lives transformed right before their very eyes, to think of this day in the eyes of the apostles, knowing that their faith, their faith has always faltered. You mean the apostles' faith always faltered? Oh, yes. I mean, I haven't done it, but I'm going to read through the Gospels one time. Desi, you need to do this too. I, 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 I'm going to do this. I want to see how many times Jesus said, oh, you little faith. Or ask, where is your faith? What happened to your faith? Their faith was always, always faltering. To think of these days, though. Listen, and, and their faith would continue to falter until after his resurrection. But on this day, this miracle, they'll see will forever be burned into their minds. You know, a lot of what we see as Christians today, we can just cast it off as circumstance or happenstance or, you know, they would have gotten better anyway. But there's times, church, there's times when you can't. There's times when you can't. There's been times where I've seen people who have stage 4 cancer that's inoperable. They've got a tumor. And the church prays for them. They go back to the doctor and the cancer's gone. The doctor says, I can't, I don't, I don't understand it. I can't explain it. And the patient looks at him and says, I can. I can. Hey, listen, there's been times where, 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 where people have been in desperate situations Desperate situations, and they thought it was done, it was over with. They'd already made funeral arrangements. And then they turn the corner, and I mean, next thing you know, they're out water skiing. Doctors say, I don't understand it. I, I, I can explain it. I, I really can't. I, I can explain it. What is going to take, take place in front of these, these apostles' eyes that their faith has always faltered? And again, I said it a few seconds ago. It's going to continue to falter. Even after this event, their faith is going to go up and down, up and down. You know, y'all know some things that took place after this event, right? I mean, Peter denied Christ. When, when Jesus was arrested, what did all the apostles do? They ran after this event. Their, their faith was always going to peak until after the resurrection of Christ. But church, I believe this event was burned into their minds after Jesus was arrested. I wonder if, you know, when John was running away, and Scripture says that, I mean, he ran, they, they jerked his loincloth. He was running naked. I mean, he was getting out of there. That's how scared he was. He didn't want any part of what they saw, he saw Jesus going through. I wonder if Butch, as he ran, he thought about this day and said, hold on a second. Hold, I, I, need, I need to go back. They'll never forget what's getting ready to take place. I can relate with the apostles, but they're not the ones that I can relate with the most. Could it be that I relate with Jesus more than the others in this scripture this morning? I, I watch, church, I watch as those I love as they walk a little and little 
further away from the church. They have such little faith to constantly take three steps forward and six steps back. Or or how Jesus looked at those who were present, who were grieving and feel every ounce of their pain. Church, Jesus knew every aspect of this event to the letter before it ever took place. And yet, we see in verse 35, the shortest verse in Scripture, that Jesus wept. Why? Why? You, you think about it. What, what is, I mean, G, Jesus knew. Melissa, Jesus knew this was going to take place, right? But yet, as it was taking place, he, he cried. He wept. Why? Scholars uh, debate about this, and Tony, I don't know if you were in, when you were in school, I mean, we used to sit around, we'd ask each other, you know, biblical questions. You know, why do you think Jesus wept? You know, I don't know if you and your, your guys you went to school with, are, you know, why? Why did Jesus weep? And, and I've, heard, I've heard some good ones. I've heard some downright strange ones. The, the most predominant one is that he, he felt so much compassion for the family and those around. He was so enamored by what was taking place, the grieving, the love, that he stopped and he wept. I, I'm not opposed to that. I don't, I don't think it's what it is, but this is what I believe the reason Jesus wept. He loved Lazarus. He did. Has anybody in this room ever experienced the glories of heaven? I mean, you you take your last breath. You've spent your last day on earth, Mr. Holman. There might be a fall like it is out right now. Cool fall air. Well, it needs to be cooler. I want a little more cooler. And in the distance, you can smell a, a fire burning from the night before in the air. Y'all, y'all know when you walk outdoor first thing in the morning? And you take that last breath. And as you exhale, you're standing in the presence of Jesus if you accept him as your personal Savior. Can, can you imagine the sights, the sounds, the, 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 the instruments, the music, the praise, the glory. Listen, there's things taking place in heaven. The scripture talks about seraphim and angels. Any of y'all ever seen one of those? I hadn't. I hadn't. Streets of gold. The tree of life. I mean, I've never seen any of that. Crystal seas. I've, I've never seen any of that. Warren Wiersbe says that he believes that Jesus wept because he knew where Lazarus was and he was going to have to bring him back. He was bringing him back. And Jesus just stood there. He, he, listen, he knew that was Jesus' home. He'd been there before. He knew what Lazarus had experienced for the last four days. And now he was bringing him back. Jesus was like, man, Lazarus, I'm sorry. I love you. But you're coming back. Church, I can relate with Jesus. But he's not the one that I can relate most to this morning. He's not. Could it be, church, that I relate with those who were there to mourn the death of of their friend and family member? I believe each and every one of us could at some point relate to the mourners there. The mourners. 
who were around the family, just mourning. Now, I thank God that our culture has moved past this. We've adopted a lot of things from Jewish culture, but I, I love the fact that we, we don't mourn for four or five or six days. I mean, we, 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 we set the date. Uh, you know, we, we have, a lot of times now we're, we're having the visitation the very day of the funeral, and then we do the graveside all in about three or four hours, and then we're out the door. It's not a disservice to the person who's, who's died. Church, but for four days they've mourned. I can remember the very first experience I experienced with death. It was my great-grandmother. She lived, she was born in 1881 and died in 1980. She was 99 years old. I'll never forget the two days at the funeral home. Two days. Two days viewing the body. I'll never forget the flowers. I've never seen so many flowers in all my life packed all the way around the building. It, it, was, it, was, it, it smelled good at first, but after you smelled all the smells lingering together, uh, it, it was just too much. Just too much. It just smelled like rot after a period of time. I'll never, I'll never forget that, that experience. But listen, church, I, I can relate to the mourners but they're not who I'm really relating the most to this morning either. Well, could it be that, that I, I see so much speculation in the world today about who Jesus is? As, as, as I hear people who are supposed to be intellectual giants call Christians people with weak, weak minds that need to, to a crutch to survive, that they say that Christians worship, we, we have to worship our sky fairies to get by in life. Could it, could it be, church, could it be that on this day that we now live, that I can most relate with the Jews we see in verse 36 and 37? Look at verse 36 and 37. It says this. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, couldn't he who opened the blind man's eyes? also have kept this man from dying? Y'all, listen, there's, there's a lot of things that I'm tired of in this world. I mean, I'm, I'm tired of it. But I'm really sick and tired of people denouncing the Christian faith. I didn't go to church. My parents didn't take me to church. I, listen, I, I, I didn't know any, Jesus was about as real to me as Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny when I was growing up. I didn't know anything at all about Jesus. But in a, my day of need, I called out to the man that my grandmother said, hey, baby, I'm praying for you. I'm, I'm praying. I'm praying that Jesus will change your life. In my day of need, I called out to that Jesus and I said, if you are real, I want you to prove to me that you're real. And guess what? He did. He did. He did. He, he sent a girl to a party that I sh probably shouldn't have been at. And we met. We started dating. She said, you want to continue to date me? I said, yeah, I want to continue to date you. Said, well, I'll see you in church in the morning. And God got a hold of me. He, he grabbed my hair. That's why I don't have any anymore. Church, I, I can relate. I can relate. How, how about church, was it the three men who were called to the grave site of Lazarus to roll the stone away? 
Is it them that I can relate to best this morning? Can you imagine? Look at him, he's been dead for. Listen, if y'all want to see something unusual, it happens all the time. Next time you have a death or a family friend, whoever, get to the graveside early. Okay? And just, just walk around, look at the tombstones, look at the flowers, just look at arrangements. The people who dig and maintain, you need to hear them talk. Because as I, as I thought about this and trying to relate, it, I told Mr. Holman when Miss Shirley passed away, I got the, they, there was traffic bad that day. And I was there about 15 minutes before time. I thought I was going to be late. I really did. I was like, oh, praise Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Get, please. Oh, Lord, my God. Please, I mean, get me there. Well, I got there 15 minutes early, parked. I was parked first, and I started walking around. I'm thinking, okay, they ought to be here by now. About that time, Bailey calls us, look, we just left. So I'm just walking around. And as I'm walking around, there was the guy who, you know, digs the holes and maintains the properties right? And he doesn't see me, and I'm not, I'm not hiding. I'm just, I'm, and I'm hearing him on the phone. That's right. They told me I had to come in here on a Saturday, another Saturday, another Saturday. No, they're not paying me anymore. No, they're not. Listen, I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm telling him this is the last one. I mean, he was getting them down the road. I don't know who they were talking to, but listen, I, I cleaned it up a little bit. There was some cuss in there too, okay? We're in church. Y'all don't do that. These two guys, listen, I'm saying two guys. There might have been four or five guys. He said, move the stone. We all can relate to a certain, I mean, you're asking me to do something that I really don't want to do. It's useless. What's the purpose? What is the purpose? Right? I mean, we can relate here, right? Is there anybody in here who's had to do something you really didn't want to do? This past week, right? Some of y'all got to do something y'all don't want to do this week, too. <laughs> In-laws are coming into town. Yeah. I can relate to them, but they're, they're not it. <clears throat> well, I guess I've come to the end of the road, church. I, I guess by now you, you figured out who it is that I can relate to most in this morning's scripture. As I sat in my office this past week thinking about the Roman road scriptures that we've been studying for the past five weeks, And looking and thinking of what I am thankful for the most this week, this event came to mind. Let's read verse 41 again. Look at verse 41. It says, So they removed the stone, and Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I know that you always hear me. But because of the crowd standing here, I said this so that they may believe you sent me. After he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out bound hand and foot with linen strips and with his face wrapped in cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Brother Kyle, you've never been dead. Scripture says that before we were saved, we were dead in our trespasses and sin. We were dead. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When I was 16, 17, 18, 
years old, I didn't understand that. I didn't have a clue what that meant. I wasn't enjoying life as, as, as much as I possibly could. My parents, we lived out on Lake Wiley, on, on lake, had two boats, three if you include our paddle boat. Uh, they were helping us to enjoy life to its, its very fullest. I didn't understand what this, this scripture meant, that I was dead in my set trespasses and sin before I accepted Christ. I, did, I really didn't know what that meant. But Butch, once I accepted Christ as my personal Savior, I get it. I, I get it. Tony, I understand. You see, the reason I can relate to Lazarus more than anybody else in this, this event, this real-life event that took place, Brother Kyle, how do you know it's a real-life event? It's recorded in Scripture. This is God's Word. I mean, it's, 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 it's in the Word, man. The why I can relate to Lazarus is, church, I was dead. I, I was spiritually empty and I was trying to fill that void with anything and everything I possibly could everything I possibly could I thought that the world's luxuries would fill that void that I had in my heart that that God that only God could fill I mean I tried to fill it with everything and nothing filled it nothing ever filled it brother Kyle I, I, I try to can you explain that a little bit more look at the rich and famous look at people who have everything they've got everything they don't have to have anything they have no nothing I mean they can wake up up and they can stop. They don't have to do nothing. They can wake up and do what they want when they They've got so much money. And you know what they do? They fill their bodies with filth and drugs and alcohol. I mean, that, that's what they're trying to fill that void with. And listen, a lot of them, a lot of famous ones, a, a lot of people that, you know, we grew up on, Prince, Michael Jackson, I mean, they, 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 Elvis, just pour the drugs in them, trying to fill this void. Possessions and material will never fill the void that only God can. I was dead. I didn't realize it, Dan, when I was living 16, 17, 18 years old. But when I accepted Christ, listen, I realized I was dead. I was in that grave. And one day, Jesus called out to me, Kyle, come forth. And I did. I'm not perfect, but I am redeemed. I'm not, I'm not the greatest preacher, but I'm saved by the grace of God. There's a lot of things that I don't know. Listen, but there's one thing I do know. When I take that last breath, whether it's on a cool fall day with a fire coming in, coming in the windows, Dan, a, the, breeze, a, the smell of a fire coming in the windows, when I take that last breath, I know where I'm going. But church, listen. When that day does come, you're not going to have to weep like Jesus wept. Because I ain't coming back. Thanksgiving is coming this Thursday. And if we have so much, church, we have so much to be thankful for. But nothing should surpass the thankfulness we should have for our Lord saving our souls. I didn't get what I deserved. Listen to me, church. I didn't get what I deserved. Jesus got what I deserved. Are you thankful? Will you honor our Lord this week? Will you make him known? Let's all stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, we come to you again asking forgiveness for our sins during this time of invitation. 
Lord, if there be anybody here who's never accepted you as their personal Savior, I pray that you would give them the freedom through your Holy Spirit to walk down this aisle and let me show them what the Bible says each person must do. This isn't my opinion. I'm, I'm, I want to show them what the Word of God says every person must do to be born again, to have eternal life, to go to heaven. Lord, if there's somebody here this morning that knows they're going to be around people this coming week that don't know you and they want the strength to be able to tell them about you, God, I pray that they'll come down to the altar and just ask you for strength. In Jesus' name, with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, do you need to come and just spend some time at the altar?